Hello. It's good to be back with the church family. My name is Yang, and I'll be doing the second Bible reading today, which comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God. Thanks, Yang. And it is great to be back, isn't it? Uh, There's just something intangible about being together, gathered as God's people as we worship him him together. So wonderful to be back. Uh, Great to see uh, so many faces looking back at me as I preach, unlike uh, poor Cassie, who was subjected to just her and the camera as we did the recording uh, before now. But great to be back. Uh, As as we begin, though, uh, let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we thank you that you care about us. Uh, We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you that you desire to know us. We thank you that uh, you've revealed yourself to us in your word, the Bible. And so we ask that as we consider it now, your spirit would be active amongst us, helping us to understand it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're asking the question, happiness, can we find it? And it's a good question to think about. Because as we all know from experience, happiness is at the heart of all we do. We're all looking for happiness. We all want to be happy. In fact, uh, this desire for happiness drives so much of what we do, who we're friends with, what we eat, what our hobbies are. It's all designed to search for happiness, to get us happiness. For example, we know that chocolate will make us happy and that vegetables will make us unhappy. So what do we do? Well, we eat chocolate and we don't eat vegetables. We know that for most of us, going for a jog will make us unhappy and sitting on the couch eating potato chips will make us happy. So what do we do? Well, we sit on the couch eating potato chips. Or at least I do. We know so much of what we do is designed to search for happiness, to look for happiness, to find us happiness. And there's many places that we look, many places we could look for happiness, Uh, We can find it by admiring a beautiful flower. Uh, We can find it by having a nice nap after a long day at school or work. We can find it by uh, watching the sun set on a summer evening. Many places we could look for happiness and many places we do look for happiness. But I think here in Australia, in particular, there's three main places that most of us look for happiness. I think most of us look for happiness in acceptance, Most of us look for happiness in wealth, 
and most of us look for happiness in relationships. Firstly, uh, most of us search for happiness in being accepted. When we're accepted into a particular group, it gives us happiness because it makes us feel like we belong. It makes us feel like we're valued. It gives us validation, whether that's at school or work or even here in the church community or wherever else it is, we search for happiness by being embraced by others. Uh, we know that because uh, when, we, when we're on the outside looking into a group, we long to be accepted into that group. We long to be part of that group. We long to share the laughter and the banter they've got. We long to be part of that care that they have for each other. We long to be part of the way that they accept each other no matter what. We think, if only I could be part of that group, then I'd be happy. We're searching for happiness in acceptance. Another place many of us look for happiness, search for happiness, is in the accumulation of wealth. We think that if we can just have enough money then we'll be happy because then we'll be financially secure, then we'll be able to send our kids to the best schools, we'll be able to live in the best suburbs. Our wealth was exactly where Paris Hilton was searching for happiness. Uh, if you don't know who she is, Paris Hilton is famous for, I don't even know what, she's kind of famous for being famous. Uh, but there was a documentary about her recently and she spoke about her desire growing up. And this is what she said, she said something uh, quite interesting. So she said this. There we go. So she said, when I was a teenager, I always wanted to make $100 million. I was like, when I do that, I'm going to be happy. And now, we might look at that and think, how ridiculous is that? That's so extreme. How could you set a goal of happiness on $100 million? It seems so far out. But I wonder if we still do the same thing, just maybe not on the same scale, but nevertheless, we have our financial figure that we think will make us happy. We think, if I could only buy my own house, then I'd be happy. If I could only buy my first car, then I'd be happy. If I could only save up enough money in the bank, then I'd be happy. We're searching for happiness in wealth. And finally, and perhaps most of all, many of us are searching for happiness in relationships. We feel like life is incomplete. We feel like we're incomplete unless we're in a relationship. And so uh, we daydream about being in a relationship and we work towards being in a relationship. Now, this is why shows like The Bachelor and Married at First Sight are so popular. They tap into that underlying desire we have for relationships. Now, of course, they're not my kind of show, so I had to do a little bit of research about this, but it's fascinating to hear what the contestants say going into these shows. Uh, one lady said this before she went in. She said, I just want to be happy. I pray and wish and want someone there for me because I really, really do want to be in love for the rest of my life. See, she's searching for happiness in relationship. That's her heart's deepest desire. And I wonder if for some of us, that's our heart's deepest desire as well. We think, if only I could be in a relationship, if only I could get married, then... I'd be happy. See, we're searching for happiness in particular in those places. And they're certainly not bad things. In fact, there's lots of good about those things. Are there something good about being part of a community? There's something good about having enough money saved up that it makes life a little bit easier? There's something good about deep and loving relationships. 
And in fact, you might not know this, but God wants us to be happy as well. See, God's not a Grinch who, uh, who, wants, who hates happiness and wants to withhold that from us. See, as much as we want happiness, God wants us to have happiness even more. I wonder uh, how many of you came here expecting to hear that. I wonder how many of us actually think that. But it's true. God wants us to have happiness, to have lasting joy that's immovable and unshakable. But do we have that? What do you think? Do we have a joy and a happiness that's immovable and unshakable? I don't think so. I think the happiness we have is fleeting and temporary. I think it doesn't last. It doesn't satisfy, at least not fully. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you were happy? Can you remember it? Maybe it was when you went on a holiday. The anticipation of the holiday coming up, counting down the days, then finally getting on the plane and setting off to somewhere new and exciting. Or maybe it was when you got your dream job. Uh, You'd been working towards it for years and you finally got and you were just overflowing with happiness and excitement. You couldn't wait to tell people about it. Or maybe it was when the COVID restrictions lifted. I'm sure we were all filled with happiness when that happened. When was the last time you were happy? Can you remember? Now, I wonder, how long did that happiness last? How long were you happy for? Maybe it was for a few hours. Maybe it was for a few days. Maybe even it was for a few months. How long were you happy for? How long did the happiness last before it started to wear off? Because we've all experienced it. We all know that happiness doesn't last. The novelty wears off eventually. And then we're back to square one, looking for the next source of happiness. And so the question then is why? If we want to be happy... And if God wants us to be happy, then how come we're not always happy? Well, I think it's because we're looking for happiness in the wrong place. We're looking for happiness in things that ultimately can't actually satisfy us. And if we're honest with ourselves, then we know this is true. See, even when we're accepted into a community, even when we're accepted it soon becomes evident that that doesn't give us the satisfaction that we actually long for, the deep satisfaction that our soul yearns for. See, even though we're accepted, we still feel like something is missing. It might give us a fleeting glimpse of happiness, a little bit of a taste, but there's still a gaping hole in our heart, a deep longing that can't be satisfied. Even when we reach our goal of saving up X amount of money in the bank, that still doesn't give us the ultimate happiness either because it's never enough. Uh, Remember Paris Hilton and her goal of $100 million? Uh, She actually got that goal and what do you think happened? Was she happy? Well, no, she talks about how it didn't make her happy, that she was still unhappy even though she had that. And so what do you think she did? Did she uh, she change her goal and realise something else is what will give her happiness? Oh, no, she just bumped up the figure. Instead of, because she made that 100 million, she decided, okay, I need to get 1 billion. When I get 1 billion dollars, then I'll be happy. But the thing is, that won't make her happy either, because wealth can never satisfy. Wealth is never enough. 
We can never get enough wealth to satisfy us. Even when we have enough to send our kids to the best school available, it's still not enough. There's still more we could do for them. We can still give them a better head start in life. See, it doesn't give us the ultimate lasting happiness that we crave for. Even when we save up enough to buy our dream property in our dream suburb, it's still not enough. We still want more. We want an investment property or a holiday house. See, it doesn't give us the ultimate lasting happiness that we crave for. Even when we've saved up plenty enough super to live comfortably for the rest of our lives, it's still not enough. We still want more. It doesn't give us that ultimate lasting happiness that we crave for. We've all experienced this. We all know that deep down, wealth doesn't give us that lasting happiness that we long for. It might give us a fleeting glimpse of happiness, a small taste, but there's still a gaping hole in our heart, a deep longing that can't be satisfied. And it's the same with relationships. We chase after a relationship, but when we get it, it might give us a fleeting glimpse of happiness, a little taste, but it doesn't live up to the hype. It ultimately disappoints us. It's not that silver bullet that will slay all of our unhappiness. See, there's still a gaping hole in our heart, a deep longing that can't be satisfied. I wonder, have you ever experienced that? Wherever it is you look for happiness, you finally get that thing, and it doesn't make you happy. Jim Carrey, the famous comedian, uh, talks about this, and he says something quite interesting. Uh, this is what he says. He says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. See, he knows that these things are not the answer. They can't give us the ultimate happiness that we long for. And it's all because we're looking for happiness in the wrong place. We're looking for happiness in ourselves and in others. We're looking inward and outward to others. But imagine, just imagine if we got the happiness that God wants for us. Imagine getting a happiness that's not dictated by circumstances, that doesn't fade after a little while, that lasts even in the face of difficulties and challenges. Just imagine getting a happiness that feeds the soul, that's deep and lasting and satisfying. A happiness that quenches our deepest longings. I mean, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that the kind of happiness we long for? Just imagine whether I have one million or one thousand or one hundred dollars in the bank. Imagine if I could be happy anyway. Imagine if I had a rock solid joy. See, that's the kind of happiness that God offers for us. That's the kind of happiness that God wants for us. And so the question then is, well, where do we find it? Where can we find this true, lasting happiness? Well, it's not by looking inward or outward. It's by looking upward to God. Jesus talks about this happiness quite a lot uh, throughout the Bible, but in particular, he talks about it in his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's one of Jesus' most extensive sermons, and uh, right at the start of this big, long sermon, he gives what's called the Beatitudes. And so the word Beatitudes comes from the Latin, Beatus, and it means a mixture between happy and blessed. And so essentially what we see in the Beatitudes is Jesus' teaching or instruction on how we can be happy, how we can have this deep, lasting happiness that we all long for. 
and there's quite a big long list of them there, and we don't have time to look at all of them in detail, but what we'll do is just consider a few so that we can get the sense for it, so we can get a feel of it. But essentially what Jesus says across the Beatitude is that happiness comes from putting God first. Happiness comes from putting God first. Because when we look at the list, it's quite a surprising list. It's quite different to where we might look for happiness. Did you see that as you look at it? Jesus doesn't say, blessed are those who earn a six-figure income. He doesn't say, blessed are those whose kids become doctors. He doesn't say, blessed are those who find their soulmate, or blessed are those who can go on an overseas holiday every year. No, it's so different to what we might have expected, so different to where we look for happiness. See, Jesus shows us happiness ultimately comes from looking upward to God, our creator and our king. The key to true, lasting happiness is to put God first, which means that we don't search for happiness in the accumulation of wealth. We might think that wealth will make us happy, but did you see what Jesus says? He says, no, it's not the rich who are happy, but the poor who are happy. Not the physically poor, but the poor in spirit. Have a look at verse 3 with me. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why are those who are poor in spirit blessed? Well, because they've put God first. Being poor in spirit means that I recognize my own spiritual bankruptcy, that I need God, that I'm dependent on God. It means putting the things of heaven before the things of this earth. And see, when we do that, when we put God first, then God will provide true and lasting happiness. We'll inherit not just material things, but the kingdom of heaven, which delivers happiness in far greater abundance than earthly riches. See, earthly riches are never enough. They leave us always wanting more and more and more. But the kingdom of heaven is more than enough. It always leaves us satisfied and content. It can fill that hole inside of us that nothing else can. See, the key to true and lasting happiness is to put God first. Rather than look inward or outward for happiness, we look upward to God. And if we're doing that, then we'll be, we won't be looking for true, lasting happiness in the acceptance of others. Instead, we'll put God first. But interestingly, did you see what might happen if we do? We might be persecuted for it. Have a look at verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, if we think anything will kill happiness, surely we think persecution will kill happiness. We think, I can't be happy when I'm being persecuted. But Jesus says the opposite. He says, even when we're persecuted, if it's for putting God first, then there's still happiness. Even when we're not accepted by those around us, then we can still have this deeper, more lasting happiness because we still belong to the kingdom of heaven. We're still accepted by God. Even if we're rejected by the whole world, God still accepts us, which is far better. If you could only pick one person to, be, to accept you, then of course it's God. Because as we thought about earlier, acceptance from people never satisfies. Even when we're accepted by school friends, by workmates, by social clubs, even those at church, it always still leaves us yearning for more. 
it doesn't satisfy, it doesn't fill that hole inside of us. But when we're accepted by God, when we're welcomed into his kingdom, then we're truly satisfied. That gaping hole inside of us is filled because we're accepted by the one that made us. We're accepted by the one who made us for him. And so that's why we can find happiness in acceptance from God. See, the key to true, lasting happiness is to put God first. Rather than looking inward or outward for happiness, we look upward to God. And when we're putting God first, it means we're not searching for happiness then in relationships. Instead, we live for God. We try and honour God in all that we do. We seek to be pure in heart and to be peacemakers and to live righteous lives. We try and live the life that God wants us to. And when we do that, something pretty incredible happens. Did you see what it is? Have a look at verses 8 to 9. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. See, when we put God first, we get a relationship that won't disappoint us. All other relationships will disappoint us at some stage. They'll fail to quench that thirst that we have. They'll fail to fill that empty void inside of us. But not this relationship with God. See, when we put Him first, He adopts us into His family. He adopts us as children. See, it would be wonderful if the verse had have said, blessed are those who are, um, who are pure in heart, for they will, be, they will know God. Blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they will know God. Like that itself would be amazing, but it's much more than that. We'll be adopted into God's family. We'll have the most incredible relationship possible. The relationship of son and father, daughter and father, with the king of the universe, the maker of all things. Because that's the thing about God. He's a father so much better than any other father. A father that never lets us down. A father that never abandons us. A father that never disappoints us. See, he gives us a relationship far greater than any earthly relationship could ever be. A relationship far better than the best, most satisfying relationship we've ever had. A relationship with the one who never let us down and never disappoint us. See, true happiness comes from putting God first. And ultimately, all of this is possible because of Jesus. Because Jesus lived the life we didn't live, because he died the death we deserve to die, and because he then rose triumphant over death. Because of that, we can enter the kingdom of heaven. We can have this perfect relationship with God. See, true and lasting happiness is ultimately possible because of Jesus. And the great thing is that because it's what Jesus did, not what we do, that means we can never lose it. We can never lose this wonderful, truly lasting, satisfying happiness that can't be taken away. See, no matter what happens in life, whether good or bad, nothing can take us away from the kingdom of God, which is a wealth and acceptance far greater than anything else, spiritual wealth and heavenly acceptance. And because of Jesus, nothing can steal us away from our relationship with God, the most satisfying, perfect relationship. And so ultimately, it's because of Jesus that we can have true and lasting happiness, a happiness that's immovable and unshakable, 
See, when we trust in Jesus by putting God first, then we can have the happiness that God wants for us. A happiness not dictated by our external circumstances. A happiness not dictated to us by what's going on around us. And it's a happiness that's not just for the here and the now, but for all of eternity. It's a happiness far bigger and far better than any other happiness we could chase after. It's a happiness that doesn't come from looking inward or outward, but from looking upward to God. And so today we asked, happiness, can we find it? And what's the answer? Well, absolutely we can, if we look in the right place. And so let me ask you this, where are you looking for happiness? And where will you look for happiness? I'm going to pray and ask that God would help us. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do desire happiness for us. A happiness far greater than the happiness we often desire for ourselves. A happiness that truly satisfies and truly lasts. And we thank you that that's what you desire for us. And we thank you that you have made this possible through Jesus, your son. We pray that you would help us to uh, turn to you and turn to him, that we would put you first, that we would look not inward or outward, but we would look upward. We ask you to please help us do this and that you would give us then the true, satisfying, lasting happiness we so yearn for. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.